Welcome back to Red Pill News. What's going on, Red Pill Nation? This is David bringing you Trump news, America First news. Hope you're doing well. This is an exclusive audio podcast only. I'm having to split my material a lot of the time because time is the limiting factor. But I assure you this podcast is going to continue in the long term, as I've mentioned before. And I'm going to bring you some amazing news, some optimistic news about how we're going to save America and how we're going to honor the United States Constitution. You should look forward to some more exclusive audio in the future. I'm going to try to do one per week, at least. Some of my content, as I mentioned, is split between video and audio. But I'm here for you, and America is going to succeed. I really believe so. So let's think about this. It looks grim, right? Everything looks grim. The stock market, the economy, our American energy. It just feels like the Biden administration has sold us out. I mean, the inflation, the government has spent so much money, it was going to happen. But instead of knowing that and turning down the dial and spending less money, Biden has continued to spend more and more and more. And especially with this FTX thing and in Ukraine, the money, it doesn't look good. Marjorie Taylor Greene recently introduced a resolution to make the Biden administration be more transparent. And from my understanding, it's a binding resolution. So they have to respond to this resolution. Now, given all of this, yes, it looks grim, it looks sad, but the swamp was not built. In one day, the swamp was built over decades, and I think for us to succeed in draining the swamp and saving the Constitution, it's going to take time, and we're already seeing it happen slowly. Now, I know that patriots want to see a massive win that's just right away. Unfortunately, that's not how big change happens. And the Democrats understand this well. They've worked for decades behind the scenes to slowly move the meter in their direction, to slowly gain control of institutions. Now, Republicans have to reverse that. It's going to take time. I should say conservatives, constitutional conservatives. There's not a perfect correlation between Republican and constitutional conservative. I consider myself first a constitutional conservative and then second a MAGA Republican. Definitely not the rhino variety, but just give it time and remain hopeful. Here's some specific examples of how we really are heading in a good direction if you look below the surface. So the red wave that they say did not exist Five million more people voted for Republicans than Democrats. The Democrats used legal ballot algorithms to know where to put their resources and to collect ballots at the door. Republicans are going to have to get smart. We lose a month of collecting votes when in these states, Republicans don't collect ballots at the door. Now, don't get me wrong. I think we should have one election day you show up in person. That doesn't only favor Republicans, which Democrats criticize, but it's more importantly, it's the people who have the desire to vote. They're not chased for their vote. They show up. They care. They have 
and intellect of the issues. They, they've studied. They care enough to do it on their own. That, to me, is a great thing rather than chasing people down. But since Democrats do it in some form, it's legal in roughly 32 states, since they're doing it, Republicans have to do it. And Trump has indicated in 2024 on Truth Social, he retruthed Jack Posobiec, stating we've got to do it better than the Democrats. So I think Trump realizes that, and this is going to kill that built-in advantage that Democrats had in 2020. Now, I know there are other issues at play. I can't really talk about those on some of those platforms, but that is a major issue that people were overlooking is that the ballots at the door, there were millions. When you get a whole month to collect more votes, it's a big thing. But anyways, that's point one. Republicans are going to change on that. Point number two is that free speech is coming back. It's coming back. You know, Elon Musk, he is a really eccentric character. And yeah, he's a billionaire. Yeah, he cares about his bottom line. But I personally, I really like the guy. I think he has a, a vision for humanity. He wants us to be a multi-planet species. So when that we do reach the nuclear war, if we do, hopefully we never do, we'll be somewhere else. We won't just die because we're only stuck on one planet. And with Twitter, he's restored, as you know, you probably know by now, Donald Trump, his account is reinstated on Twitter. I think Trump wants to come back, but he's got to be careful to not put it first over the Truth Social brand. And I heard an interviewer say, or an interviewee on Real America's Voice say that you can do that, but Trump can do that by just taking photos of truths, posting those truths to Twitter, advertising truth by using Twitter. I think that's a brilliant strategy, actually. Trump should do that. Now, given Elon Musk taking over Twitter, the Democrats have gone crazy. They're threatening to investigate him instead of the FTX scandal. It's insanity. They should be looking at FTX, not Elon Musk. He is letting everyone speak. I mean, he's not bringing back Alex Jones because, in his opinion, Alex Jones profiteered off the deaths of children. He just explicitly stated that this morning. I can understand his perspective there. I do like Alex Jones in the sense that he has uncovered a lot of truths, but he did go a little far, maybe a lot far, actually, by some of the things he said. I don't know exactly what he said about Sandy Hook. That's my disclaimer. I don't know all the things he said, but Elon Musk has a, a valid point, I think, there. So I respect that, even though I do like Alex Jones. Now, going forward, when you hear debates from you know the next election, Musk took over right at the end of the election. Now we're going to have the opportunity for conservatives to have, to not be shadow banned, to not have their messages tampered down. And that, that's regarding political speech and conservative values in future elections. That's a great thing. And the unintended consequence, well, maybe it's intended by Musk, probably is actually Facebook and YouTube. When they're going to continue to censor heavy, well, too bad. People are going to move to Twitter because Musk has indicated he might make it a video platform and pay people more monetization than does YouTube. That would be really interesting.
And I believe he's the guy to do it. So we will see. That is point number two. Point number three, hey, we're taking the state houses. We, we really are building in some really conservative states, which those states will stay conservative, but it's also spreading to swing states. We're building stronger coalitions, gaining more majorities in the state houses. That's the excellent thing. And we've got a Supreme Court that is conservative. And, you know, everybody on the Supreme Court is older, but they're looking like they're going to live a long time. I mean, Clarence, he's in great health. I love him. Clarence Thomas, Justice Thomas. I should be a little more formal. He's great. And uh, I'm I'm really excited to see some of the new decisions they, they rule on. I hope that they don't go break left. You've got uh, Chief Justice Roberts. Sometimes he breaks left, but overall, they've delivered on the major conservative issues. Yes, Roe, a returning Roe, was affected the red wave. It, it did. However, this is where it should be, is at the state level. States should decide. Now, a lot of states have upheld abortion, but nonetheless, that takes the evil off of the federal government. It's it's people voting for this at the state level. So I think that honors the Constitution, even if a lot of states are upholding it. Overall, things are, are looking like they're going to get better. Now, I know Trump's just been – it's announced that there's a new special counsel. It's going to be fruitless. They're not going to uncover anything. Robert Mueller didn't uncover anything. They're just going to investigate him until the election to try to harm him. But he's got some major advantages. He can he can speak freely, more freely, if he decides to use Twitter. And he, ha- he has Truth Social. Truth Social is a giant. No other Republican has their own platform or constitutional conservative, because I believe Trump is. He has his own social media platform. Think about the power of that when you are marketing your campaign, when you are getting out the vote, when you're getting new volunteers, when you're registering voters. Having your own social media platform is a game changer. So that's beautiful too. And Truth Social is new. Let's be honest. Like It takes a few years for all social media platforms to hit their stride. It took that with Facebook. It took that with YouTube. It took that with Twitter before it went, you know, it tanked under old ownership. It's going to take time, but so far it's a beautiful platform. I love it, and it's only going to get better. So that's my short list of why to be optimistic. You know, things we can save the Constitution. It's just going to take time. You got to have endurance, like the Democrats have endurance. I heard someone say, you know, Democrats, a lot of them, not all, I don't want to put all people in a box, but a lot of them are atheists, and they think this is the final level. You're here, and then you die. So their willingness to work hard for their policies is more than that of Republicans, because we're like, this is a waiting room to get to heaven. Again, Many Republicans, not all. I don't want to put anyone in an absolute box. There's a lot of great conservatives or conservatives that stand up for the Constitution who are atheist or they are agnostic. However, I'm just talking general trends. If we think that we're just in a waiting room 
while Democrats think this is the final level, they're incentivized to work harder. But we've got to work harder and we've got to have the endurance. If we don't, they're just going to outwork us. So I just want to be honest with this assessment. I don't want to, you know, pad Republicans on the back too much unrealistically and people who who volunteer or, or, or activists or people that say they want to volunteer, that that kind of thing. But yeah, I hope you're doing well. I'm going to leave you with a press conference from 2019 where Trump was talking about all the great things he did for America. And look forward to this again in 2024. I really think Trump has a chance to win. This press conference is some highlights from different types of accomplishments that the Trump administration was achieving. So look forward to this again. I'm going to be back with more Red Pill News soon. Be blessed. Hope you're well. You can join my email list at thinkredpill.com. You'll get the pop-up to join the email list, and you can read some articles there. You can search for me on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and I'll talk to you soon. Be blessed. Take care. Thank you all for being here, cabinet meeting. We have them quite often, and they really produce results. We're producing results. I don't think any administration ever in two and a half years, the first two and a half years, certainly has produced the results that we've produced. We have the strongest stock market in the history of our country. Uh, By the way, just in walking in, we just set a new record. Just went up today. We had a new record was set. The Dow Jones went over 27,000 for the first time ever. It went over 26,000 for the first time ever and 25,000 for the first time ever. So we've set it. I think we're over 100 since election. We're over 100 times that we've set a new stock market record. And to me, that's not just a record. That means jobs. It's all about jobs. It's uh, jobs for this country. Uh, We're bringing in many, many countries. They're coming in. They're coming in at a level that we haven't seen for decades. Uh, Car companies are coming in, Japanese car companies in particular, although Germany called to say that they're going to be announcing some very big uh, movement with respect to a certain company that I've demanded has to come because they sell us a lot of cars, but they make them in other places. We want to make them in the United States. But Japan has uh, 12 different companies uh, building plants in Michigan, in Ohio, in North Carolina, in uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, One's going to be announced in Florida. Uh, We are doing things that nobody thought were possible. I wouldn't have even said them, frankly, during the campaign, because nobody would have been able to believe them. Nobody would have believed them. Uh, Our unemployment numbers are historic in the sense that uh, we've never had better numbers. African-American have the best numbers in the history of our country. Hispanic-American, best unemployment numbers in the history of our country. Women, 75 years. Uh, Asian Americans, best in the history of our country. We have uh, the best overall unemployment, the best in 51 years, and very soon that will be historic, meaning the history of our country. We keep going the way we're going and should be fairly soon. So things are happening that we wouldn't have believed happening or could happen. The, uh, The border, we're working very hard with everybody, the Attorney General, Uh, We're doing uh, everything we can do without getting uh, Congress to act because the Democrats refuse to act. They refuse to 
do what they have to do and what they should do, and that's loopholes. We have loopholes that are so bad you can drive a truck through them. They could be solved in 15 minutes. Would have those loopholes taken care of. Literally, everyone knows what they are. They're very simple. You know what they are. You know what they are better than the people in Congress. But the Democrats, we need their votes. Not that we need them. We need their votes because we have a very, very small margins both ways. The Senate is 53-47. Uh, the House is uh, very tight. It's a very tight House, too. It's a very small number. Uh, we need Democrat votes to get up to what we need. Uh, that's why we didn't do it last time, uh, first two years, because we only had it. We need nine to ten Democrat votes, and we were never able to get them for certain things. But we were, well, wherever we could use the majority, we ended up doing a fantastic job, including two Supreme Court judges. We got two Supreme Court justices put on, and many other things. But uh, we need Democrat votes to get the border fully secured, fully taken care of. We're getting close. Mexico has been fantastic. We had a meeting with Mexico for 45 years. People have been trying to get Mexico to do what they're doing now, and uh, they weren't able to get it. And we got it in one day, everything. Mexico now has approximately 21,000 soldiers on their land. They have very powerful immigration laws. They can do what they have to do. We have the worst laws in the entire world. There's no law like this. But we catch them and release them. We catch them and we say, come back to court in five years. And nobody comes back. Two percent, to be accurate. I want to be accurate because I don't want the press to say I was inaccurate. Two percent come back. And those people, we wonder why. Why are they coming back? They're the only ones. So we can straighten that out. We are getting rid of thousands of people who are criminals. We're taking them out of the country. MS-13 by the thousands, and they're going out quickly. Uh, we do it very professionally. We have papers on everybody we take out, all documented, all very legal. They come in illegally, and they go out legally. So we've uh, done a job. On Sunday, there was a lot of activity, but you didn't even see it because it went very smoothly. The ICE folks and the people from Border Patrol, the job they do is they're heroes in so many ways. We have Border Patrol, though, being nurses and doctors and janitors. And uh, I very much want to thank Vice President Pence for taking a whole delegation of people down to see the, uh, the things that uh, one of our very radical left Democrats called concentration camps. They're not concentration camps. Uh, they're really well run. They're very crowded in many cases. Actually, in the case of the children, they weren't crowded at all. People came back and they even some of the news, which is shocking, frankly, uh, said they were very well run, very clean, very nice for the children. Uh, we had an adult center of males. Uh, many of these people were criminals. We're not letting them out. We can't let them out. And it was crowded, very crowded. And the best way they can solve that is don't come up. If you don't come up, you're not going to be crowded. We want to take people in legally. And we want to take them in, frankly, through merit. We want our companies to be helped. All these companies that are pouring into the United States because we're the hottest country in the world right now. Every time I meet a leader, a president, a prime minister, a king, a queen, they all say thank you and nice to meet you. It's wonderful. By the way, congratulations on your economy. What you've done is incredible. You read yesterday where China is down very substantially. They're having the worst year they've had in 27 years. I don't want to have them have bad years, but we made a deal and they broke the deal on me. 
the deal was done. It was practically done. It was just like a very short period of time we would have had it finished. And they broke the deal. They decided they didn't want to do the things that they had agreed to. So I said, that's all right. We put tariffs on 25 percent on $250 billion. It's obviously having a very negative effect. I don't want it to have a negative impact. Not having any impact on us other than positive because China devalues their currency and they're pumping money into their system. Our people aren't paying for that. There's been no inflation. There's been no nothing. Frankly, if we ever got interest rates down where they should be, and if they weren't raised so fast, uh, you would see another probably 10,000 points on the Dow. We're setting records. I don't want to act like it's like somebody gets a, a 99 on a test and they're complaining. I don't like that, but I'm going to complain because, frankly, we would have done even better had we had a Federal Reserve that didn't raise interest rates so quickly and had we had a Federal Reserve. And there were many people on the Federal Reserve. You know, you have votes. It's called votes. But if we had a Federal Reserve that uh, didn't do quantitative tightening, they did quantitative tightening, $50 billion a month. That's a lot of money. Now they're doing $25 billion a month. Whereas in Europe, they're pumping money into their system and they're lowering rates. In China, they're pumping money into their system and they're lowering rates very substantially. In Europe, the rates are almost zero. And in China, the rates are whatever President Xi wants. He's his own Fed. He's the Federal Reserve. He's one man. He's the Federal Reserve. He's the President. He's everything else. But unfortunately, what they did was not appropriate. Uh, they are supposed to be buying farm products. Let's see whether or not they do. Our ag, our great farmers. But out of the tariffs, I took $16 billion to make up for the shortfall. I went to Secretary Sonny Perdue. He's a fantastic gentleman. By the way, is he here? What happened? He's working on he's working with the farmers. They have a big meeting in California. Good. I'm glad he's there. He can do more help there. He's done a fantastic job. I said, what was the amount at its highest that China pumped into the farmers in the form of purchase? $16 billion. I said, that's all right. We're taking in many, many times that in tariffs. We're going to help the farmers out. And I did that with $16 billion. Cost us nothing. Same thing as if they bought. And yet, the farmers don't even want that. They really just want to make the product and sell it. But it was just a small percentage of the tariffs that we're taking in. And we have a long way to go as far as tariffs with China is concerned, if we want. We have another $325 billion that we can put a tariff on if we want. So we're talking to China about a deal. But I wish they didn't break the deal that we had. We had a deal where China opened up. We had a deal where there'd be intellectual Property theft would be taken care of because uh, it's estimated that they steal $300 billion worth of intellectual property a year. Who knows? Who knows? That's what they tell me. $300 billion. That's a big number. How they get to that number, I'll accept it. They're experts. That's what they do. But that's a big number. You add that to the fact that during the Obama administration, $500 billion a year was being lost to China. 500 billion. They did nothing. And in all fairness, whether you go back to Bush, you go back to Clinton, you can go back a long way. The WTO, once the World Trade Organization was formed, China became like a rocket ship. But now we're doing something about it. Now we're doing something about it. And uh, we're doing a lot about it. We picked up close to $20 trillion in wealth during 
my administration from election. And I have to say from election, because when I got elected, the stock market, the day after the stock market went wild. If I would not have gotten elected, you would have had a crash. So I can't give Obama credit, President Obama credit, for the tremendous gain from the day I won till January 20th was when, when I took office. Because that was all attributed to the enthusiasm that we've caused and that we've had as a country. From the election till now, it's been extraordinary. We picked up $20 trillion. China's lost $20 trillion. Uh, if my opponent had won, China would right now be number one in the world. Right now, we're number one in the world by far. We're going to keep it that way. And if you have smart people sitting in this chair, in this position, you're not going to lose it. So we've got an extraordinary country. We're doing numbers that have never been done before. I think a number that makes me the happiest is that the proportionally the biggest gainer in this entire stock market, when you hear about how much has gone up, blue-collar workers, the biggest proportionate gainer. They've had a tremendous gain. The workers have had a tremendous gain. People without a diploma, high school diploma, have had a tremendous gain. Uh, our country is doing really, really well. Uh, just to finish, uh, 401ks. People have 401ks. Many of you have 401ks. Your 401ks are up 50 percent, 60 percent. Somebody told me 78 percent. People that were losing money all their lives are now doubling their income and doubling their the money that they had in the bank is being doubled up. Their 401ks are going through the roof. And they're getting a lot of credit from their wives or husband, whichever one. It's the one that's doing it is saying, you're a financial genius. <laughs> Darling, I love you very much. First time in your life, I think you're a financial genius. <laughs> and it would have been just the opposite had the opponent. This country was set for a big fall. Had we not come in and cut regulations immediately and let our country breathe whether it's the pipelines that we approved on almost day one or LNG plants. I just left Louisiana, cut a ribbon for a $10 billion LNG plant. That's so incredible. People wouldn't believe it. It was many, many years trying to get permits. They couldn't get the permits. But we got the permits, and we got them very rapidly. And uh, that was a great thing. Great thing. You know the plant I'm talking about, Rick. And we have about six of them now under consideration. We hadn't built one in 40 years. 40 years. We didn't build plants like that. So our country is doing things that nobody thought would even be possible. We're doing incredibly well.